You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Number We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time. Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Jordan open. Chicago with the lead. Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And we are back again, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is Below the Mic, and I'm your host, Errol Marks. And remember, you can call us at 347-855-7684. You can talk to me live. I know I was supposed to start the show at 10.30 tonight, but I was working. I was at the EMT class, and I was at the fire department, so I want to apologize to all the fans that I'm starting late. But I have a big show lined up. I was supposed to have Manish Mehta on the show today. Uh, he canceled with me, but I will have him on the show next week. As everybody knows, the New Jerseys, yes, the New Jerseys of the New York Jets, will be absolutely in- introduced tomorrow. We will talk about that a little bit later in the show. As you guys know, you can follow us by going to Worldwide Sports Radio. Yes, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can follow us on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat at Worldwide Sports Radio. Anyways, uh, a lot of stuff going on in sports here in New York and throughout the country, and we're going to get started right, right now. And, and before we get into the New York Yankees, and I know a lot of Yankee fans are complaining about where the Yankees are, and and I just want to let everybody know I will s- submit what the Yankees are and what the Yankees are trying to do right now with this team and the way this organization is run. Now, I understand a lot of Yankee fans are upset where the Yankees are right now. They're 2-4. and four. They lost today. They've lost against two really bad teams. We talk about the Detroit Tigers. The t- Tigers are a rebuilding team. They're trying to rebuild, try to build their farm system. They're going to trade away players. M- Miguel Cabrera is untouchable right now because they gave him that $300 million contract a couple of years ago. They're trying to get rid of some of their players. As you saw, J.D. Martinez get traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks a couple of years ago, and now he's a Boston Red Sox. This Detroit team is not a good team. They're a rebuilding team. The Yankees started off like that when they were trying to get rid of old contracts. Uh, Alex Rodriguez retired. Mark Teixeira retired. So you look at this team as the Detroit Tigers. They're a rebuilding team. Nobody thinks that the Detroit Tigers were going to compete this year, even though they're 4-3. and three. Nobody thought the Baltimore Orioles were going to compete this year, knowing that they're 4-1 and one right now. The Yankees are a competing team. They're expected to compete for a World Series this year. And being that they're 2-4, and four, and yes, Jonathan Lewisica was on the mound today, and he, he looked pretty good. It's really not the Yankees starting pitching that is not producing right now early in the season. And everybody thought that their starting pitching was going to be their little, probably their weakest part of this team. Their bullpen is very, very strong. Even losing Dell and Patances and Chapman screwing up yesterday in in the ninth inning, I still think that this bullpen is still one of the most talented bullpens we've seen in a very, very long time. But to me, right now, it's the problem with the Yankees is they're not hitting. And I understand the injuries. The Yankees have nine injuries right now, uh, nine consistent, important injuries to this team. You lost Hicks, Savarino, Batances. Now you have uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Miguel Andahar. 
all these big names right now a part of this lineup, and they're out of the lineup right now. So a lot of people complaining, well, where is this Yankee team going? What is this Yankee team doing? And is Brian Cashman going to make a trade? Guys, it's only been a week, week in, and the Yankees are 2-4. and four. Now what are you going to do, jump off the bridge? You're going to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge because the Yankees aren't winning? Now, I understand that Aaron Judge, who I believe is going to be an MVP candidate right now, has less home, run, uh, less home runs than Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom has one home run. He got a home run tonight, and he pitched a fabulous game, 14 strikeouts, and he played a, a hell of a game. And, and the Mets are playing good baseball right now. We'll get into the Mets in a little while. But to me right now, when you look at the New York Yankees, should you be happy as a Yankee fan that they're 2-4? and four? No. Are you going to jump off a bridge because the Yankees are 2-4? and four? No, I, I don't think so. Wait two months and see where the Yankees are. I'm hearing that they have to fire Aaron Boone and that this team needs to go after another starting pitcher and they might need to add another bat to this lineup. This is the same lineup that broke the home run record last year. A top five offense. Now, batting average-wise, they don't hit for average. They strike out a lot. They this I think this uh, today, I think they struck out more in this game than the Yankees have struck out all last year in one game. I think they struck out 18 or 19 times in this game tonight, today. Last year, I think the most strikeouts they had in a game was 17. Now, they strike out a lot. We all know that the Yankees and Brian Cashman already came out in the offseason. He doesn't care how many times they strike out as long as they put runs on the board. But in the last two games, they were shut down by the Detroit Tigers, two pitchers that you probably never even heard of. So that, to me, is questioning where the Yankees are. Now, I, I'm not going to cry about Chapman blowing a game. Uh, he's going to blow a couple of games this year. He is going to blow a couple of games. What I have to look at is Aaron Judge right now. He had one hit. Now, he made a fantastic, fantastic catch today, but he had one hit in this game. No RBIs. Void hasn't really been hitting. Greg Bird had one hit. He had more hits than, than Luke Void. Greg Bird is hitting cleanup right now in this lineup because of all the injuries. Gary Sanchez is starting to hit the ball, and I, I think Gary is going to be a very important piece to this office, especially if John Carlos Stanton is going to be out for a significant amount of time. Glaber Torres struck out three times. He's not hitting the ball. DJ LeMahieu, that everybody says he hits for contact, he didn't have one hit. Mike Tockman, I'm not going to talk about Mike Tockman, and Troy Tulowitzki looks like he's not a major league player. But again, if you look at the Yankees and, and you argue your points are valued on where the Yankees are right now, and, and right now the Yankees aren't playing good baseball. I'm sorry, they're not playing good baseball. And by the way, I was talking about yesterday's game. Those were the statistics yesterday's game. Today's game, LeMayu had one hit, batting uh, leadoff. And Aaron Judge had one hit. Luke Voigt had no hits. Brett Gardner was hitting cleanup. Makes no sense. He had no hits. Sanchez had no hits. Glaber Torres had one hit, and he struck out, I think, twice or three times. Greg Bird had one hit. This, this team isn't hitting. That's the problem why the Yankees aren't winning. They're not hitting. Now, right now, where the Yankees set themselves, 
Uh, James Paxson will be on the mound tomorrow. They need to win the game. I know it's early, and there's no must win. And I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing Yankee fans saying there's, this is a must win. There is no must win in the first week of baseball, first week and a half in baseball. But it is alarming right now where you look at the Yankees and they're not hitting. This is one of the best offensive teams in baseball, arguably the best lineup in baseball going into the season. And I think the Yankees only have like six home runs. In how many games? Six games. That's a, that's a home run a game. And for the Yankees, that's not good. People were talking about breaking records. Aaron Judge came out in spring training saying that they're going to break the record that they set last year. Where the Yankees are at, you can't be happy as a Yankee fan where the Yankees are. You can't be. That doesn't, does that mean the Yankees can't figure things out in the next couple of days and the next couple of series and, and get back on, on track? Absolutely can get back on track, and I believe the Yankees will. Yankee fans are talking about firing Aaron Boone again. And Aaron Boone's got to stop being on commercials. TD Bank, he's, he's on all different commercials now. He hasn't won anything. He's not Joe Girardi. And until Aaron Boone wins something, Aaron Boone needs to stay far, far away from commercials. I don't care. I, I don't care about investment banking or TD Bank, all the stupid commercials he's been on. They're not funny, and he shouldn't be on them. He hasn't done anything here in New York, not yet as a manager, at least. The Yankees do not look good right now. Their bullpen obviously blew yesterday. It wasn't the bullpen. just Chapman, who's throwing 98 miles per hour. He still has nasty stuff. But he's not the same pitcher he once was. Since the Yankees traded him to the Cubs, he's not the same pitcher. This team has not played good baseball. That doesn't mean you're going to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. That doesn't mean that the Yankees stink. That doesn't mean they can't figure things out. With this lineup, even with the lineup that they have right now, this uh, today, which I it made no sense. DJ LeMayo, I understand, batting leadoff. Why is Brett Gardner batting fourth at cleanup? Makes no sense. I would have moved, moved Gary Sanchez into cleanup, right behind Luke Voigt. And figure this one out. Why is Luke Voigt, which the, when you're batting third, you're the best hitter in the lineup. Luke Voigt is the best hitter in the lineup? If anything, I would have moved Glaber Torres, who's not hitting the ball right now, or Clint Frazier, somebody. Clint Frazier's a better hitter than Luke Voigt. I understand Luke Voigt has played good baseball since he came to the Yankees from the Cardinals. But he shouldn't be hitting third or even fourth in this lineup. And Tyler Wade... Let me tell you something. For a guy that complained that the Yankees sent him down, this guy can't hit a lick. Career 140 hitter in the major leagues, and this guy was complaining that he got sent down by the Yankees? This guy can't hit. He's terrible. And by the way, Mike Talkman, I don't know what the hell is going on with this guy. They brought him in from Colorado before the season started. This guy stinks too. Johnny Loisica. Uh, Pitched four innings, one hit, one earned run, four strikeouts. Not a bad outing for a young kid. 
I think he's 22, 23 years old. He had an injury last year early in the season. Not a bad start. Both young pitchers and Harmon and, and Luizica look good. Tanaka looked good yesterday, too. He shut them down until he got taken out, and then Chapman coughed up the game in the ninth inning. It's not the Yankees starting pitching or their bullpen that's losing these games. It's the, their offense. The strength of this team, one of the big strengths of this team offensively, home runs, power, have not delivered. And you have to look at the Yankees right now and worry where this team is going. Yes, it's early in the season. I, I know they're going to figure things out. And Joe Girardi said uh, the other day that it usually takes two weeks for a good team, a good lineup, to figure things out and start hitting. So I think he'll figure. I think they'll figure things out. But this isn't a good sign for the New York Yankees. As far as the New York Mets, they're playing great, great baseball right now. But they played great baseball last year. They were 11-1 and in the beginning of the season. They're 5-1 and right now. And Jacob DeGrom pitched another gem. 14 strikeouts. Fantastic game. Fantastic. And he had a home run in the game. They're playing the Marlins. Even though the Marlins have just as many wins as the Yankees, they're playing the Marlins. A team that gave away all their top players, the Yelichs of the world, the Statins of the world, the Ozunas of the world, the JT, the JT Relmutos of the world. Could you imagine that team right now if they had all four of those players in this lineup? The Marlins stink. But the Mets are playing good baseball. You're seeing the young talent that they have. They're producing. They're doing the things that they need to do to win the games. I mean, they have a tremendous amount of talent. Pete Alonso had two hits again in this game. One RBI. Pete Alonso is hot right now. He's playing great baseball. I think he has seven RBIs right now. They get an RBI tonight. So that's seven RBIs. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. He's the real deal. I've been very, very impressed with what the Mets are putting out there. Now, the Mets are going to have to do it throughout the season. They can't go 11-1 and or 10-1 and and then fall apart. That's been the problem for the Mets year in and year out for the last couple of years. But the young players, Michael Conforto had two hits tonight. Pete Alonso had two hits tonight. All of a sudden, you look at the Mets, and their future is pretty bright. You've got Michael Conforto and Pete Alonzo and Jacob DeGrom and some of the young players that they have that are, you're going to be talking about for the next couple of years. Dom Smith had a pretty good game, too. He had one hit and one RBI. And he was a pinch hitter. They were hitting the ball. They're doing a lot more with the ball than the Yankees are. You look at the Mets right now, the Mets have an opportunity to be a wild card team. Are they going to win the division? I don't want to hear it from Mets fans that they have a chance to win a division. It's very, very early, but the Mets are not good enough to win that division. Philadelphia looks unbelievable. That lineup looks deadly from top to bottom, from one to nine. Even that pitcher can hit. 
The Nationals are not going to play this bad right now. They're not. They have great pitching. Just as much as the Red Sox aren't going to play this bad right now. And the Braves, obviously giving Acuna uh, that kind of money. Uh, I think they gave him a seven-year, $100 million contract or something amongst that, that level. Young player like that, they offered him that money because right now the way the league is completely transitioning, they're trying their start players are starting to take the money up front so they're protected if they get hurt. But right now you you look at the Mets, the Mets are playing great baseball. You can't really say anything bad about the New York Mets right now except that this team was 11 and 1 last year and they fell apart. And they're 5 and 1 right now. Now, this is a different team than they were last year. They have a better lineup. I think they have more talent, better leadership, bringing in new managers. Well, managers to help. Mickey Calloway, who I'll tell you this right now. Mickey Calloway needs to keep his mouth shut. The best thing about Mickey Calloway is just to sit back and relax and let his young players do what they do. Let them learn the game. You want to teach them here and there. You're good with the bullpen. Just don't talk to the press. Every time this guy speaks, he scares people away. Or he's he's a hot topic the next day on sports radio. This is the problem that Mickey Calloway has had since he came to the New York Mets. Look what he did last year. How many times has he said something stupid? Aaron Boone doesn't say enough. Mickey Calloway doesn't shut up. And right now, that's what you you look at the Yankees and the Mets. They're going in two different directions. Now, that, does that mean that it's not going to change? No, it could change, and I think it will change. The Yankees are a better team. And just as much as I think the Boston Red Sox are a better team than they show. Who would have thought that Tampa would be in first place in the American League East, 5-2, and two, and Baltimore would be in second, 4-2? and two? And the Yankees and the Red Sox being in last, dead last place. The Yankees two and four, and the Red Sox uh, one and five. And I think the Red Sox are losing again, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're losing right now. They're losing one nothing to the A's in the fourth inning. And then the Mets. Who would have thought that the Mets would be in first place in that division right now? Now, obviously, we're in first place in the in their division for the first month, and they completely fell apart after the first month of the season last year. Now, I think the Mets are a lot better than they were last year, but Philadelphia, they're no smoke show. And Atlanta, even though they're 2-3, and three, they're better than that, and Washington's way better than 2-3. and three. The best team in baseball right now, believe it or not, is the, you could say Seattle. Seattle won again today. But I think it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Even with the injuries that they had in their bullpen before the season started, they've looked really, really good. And the Cubs won in four. Look at these powerhouse teams. Go up and down. Everybody thought Cincinnati was going to be a better team this year with all the acquisitions that they made at the pitching staff. Look how bad they are. Boston in last place. The Angels in last place with the acquisitions they made. Chicago, second to last place right now, one and four, tied with Cincinnati. 
And how about the San Diego? Uh, San Diego, uh, they're not the Chargers. I always say the Chargers, but the Padres. Look at where they are. They're in second place. And again, it's early in the season, but baseball is very, very intriguing, very, very interesting because you just don't know what's going to happen day in and day out. Like I said, who would have thought a no-name Baltimore Oriole team that everybody said was a terrible team would be 4-2 and two right now in the first six games of the season? Nobody. And they got to play the Yankees again. They play the Yankees again tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. They do. The Yankees got to wake up, absolutely do. They got to start hitting. Starting they have to start figuring things out. They do not want to fall, they don't want to fall too behind the Tampa Bay Rays where they have to play catch up like they did with the Red Sox last year and it didn't work. They're two and a half games right now. They have to stay close to Tampa until they start hitting and they start getting some of their pitchers back like uh CC Sabathia and Luis Savarino. I don't think they're going to get Miguel Andujar back, but the Mets are playing great baseball. I want to get off the Yankees because there's nothing to say about the Yankees. And by the way, JT Realmuto looks like he's an MVP candidate in the National League right now early in the season. He's been unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Right now, the best catcher in baseball. And I don't care if Bryce Harper's getting booed right now in, in Washington. Who cares? Washington right now is 2-3. and three. Who cares what the fans do right now? If, the, if Washington really wanted Bryce Harper, they would have paid him the 13 years, $325 million he got from uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. They didn't want to pay him. Oh, well. Anyways, when we come back, we'll get into March Madness. We'll talk about March Madness, uh, the Final Four, when we come back. And we'll get into the, the New York Jets introducing, yes, introducing their new and improved jerseys. I saw a glimpse of it. It will be introduced tomorrow. But I saw some glimpses of their third jersey, their black and green jersey. Beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we'll talk about the new and improved New York Jets. Three four seven eight five five seven six eight four. This is Below the Mic, and we'll be back after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and you're listening to Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic, and I'm your host, Errol Marks. And remember, you can call us 347 347- Eight five five seven six eight four. Again, the number is three four seven eight five five seven six eight four. And remember, you can go to our website at worldwidesportsradio.com. Again, it's worldwidesportsradio.com. You can follow us on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wow! I'll tell you right now, there are so many stories right now that just make you go crazy. And and by the way. Conor McGregor needs to stay out of the tabloids. He needs to stay the hell out of the tabloids. He's embarrassing not only the UFC, but him and his own family. The racist remarks and what he comes out with, not only throughout the public eye and Twitter 
This is a guy that has done nothing but bad things since he's really made that $100 million from the Floyd Mayweather situation. This guy has been a troublemaker and a storyteller. And the fact that he posted something about Khabib's wife on Twitter and then pretty much taking it taking off of Twitter and the racial slurs. And we, we're right now in a country where there's so many racist situations. Not to, I understand when you talk about stories about this particular story and, and you, you think that why does Conor McGregor want to be in the news? Why does everything have to be evil? When it becomes to Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor came out last week and said that he's retiring from the UFC. He's done this before because he wants money. It's all about money with Conor McGregor. Always about money. But the fact right now that the first thing you hear about Conor McGregor now is the racial slurs at Khabib. Listen, dude, you got choked out by Khabib. You got your butt whipped by Khabib. Then but Khabib made a mistake. He jumped out in the audience, went after his, his friends and went after people that were talking to him and slurring at him when he climbed over. Because Conor McGregor is a big fan favorite. And that's why he's suspended for nine months. And any thoughts of a rematch between Khabib and Conor McGregor doesn't seem like it'll ever happen. And I'm sure the UFC is going to try to get Khabib and Conor to get back in the ring because it would sell huge now that this happened. I mean, there's no reason for racial slurs. Not after, a, not after going after his family at a news conference before the fight, before he got his butt whipped. And now going after his wife. His wife did nothing. His wife has no part of this feud. And then he deletes the post on Twitter because he knows he did wrong. It's an embarrassment for the UFC. And the UFC and Dana White should go to freaking Conor McGregor and say, listen, dude, shut your damn mouth. You're embarrassing the brand. You haven't fought in almost... You fought one fight in almost two years, actually two and a half years, and you're still opening your mouth. You're still doing stupid things on and off, the on and out of the octagon. Embarrassing. Charles Oakley claims Amazon's owner, Jeff Bezos, wants to buy the Knicks. How the hell does Charles Oakley know <laughs> That Jeff Bezos from uh, Amazon wants to buy the New York Knicks. Is he best friends with Jeff? Does he hang out with Jeff? Does he clean his underwear? Because I'll tell you this right now. He's not sitting in Madison Square Garden because James Dolan doesn't want him in there. Why is Charles Oakley all of a sudden getting out there in a news conference, going out there in the social media world and opening his damn mouth again? Who the hell is Charles Oakley? And I love Charles. Charles was one of my favorite players growing up. He's irrelevant now in the NBA. The fact that James Dolan did what he did to him, yeah, it was wrong. But now you're seeing Charles Oakley going out and and talking to the press and talking to writers. Why is Charles Oakley opening his damn mouth? Who the hell is Charles Oakley? 
this Lori Longlin, and I'll tell you this, Lori's from Hopog, Long Island, and and this story seems to start spreading like a wildfire. Not only, and I, I, I see Candace Cameron sticking up for Lori. Uh, obviously, they work together on Full House. And other people have stuck up for Lori on this situation. And there's a lot of people taking shots at Lori. Um, Rob Lowe taking shots at Lori Loughlin, uh recently, saying that his, his sons earned their way into school. And they've worked hard to get where they are in school, in top prestigious schools. It's just, this story's never going to end. And you want to know something? Lori Loughlin, she, she, to me, if, if it wasn't Lori Loughlin and she wasn't a movie star or a TV show star, they would have, all these parents would have paid a fine and it would be, the story would be completely closed. Nobody would care. It's just unbelievable. This story just never ends. DeMarcus Cousins, again, Outplays talented Nuggets big man, Jokic. Now, is DeMarcus Cousins better than Nikola Jokic? Absolutely is. Absolutely is. Anybody that doesn't think that DeMarcus Cousins is a better player than Jokic, well, you haven't watched DeMarcus Cousins play enough when he played for the Sacramento Kings. The problem with DeMarcus Cousins is not his talent. It's his mouth. And getting himself on and off the getting him trouble get himself in trouble on and off the court. That's the problem with DeMarcus Cousins. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Other stories. I'm trying to figure out some stories here. Trump says the White House is working on a great health care plan, but his administration is not. Well, let me see. I'm trying to read this over here. I don't I did read the story. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get off politics because I don't think it's going to help this show. So, But there's not many stories like there were last week. But uh, everything, it seems like every single story, every single headline has something to do with the Kardashians. And I'm trying to stay away from it. Or Jennifer Lopez. Man convicted of killing a woman out running in New York City Park. Interesting story. Let me see this story. Let me read a little bit. A man was convicted Monday of killing a woman out running near her New York City home in case, in a case that stirred urban fears, helped change the state's and DNA investigations, rules, and raised questions about race and police procedures. News station video showed Karina Ventrano's loved ones erupting in the cheers as the Queen's jury delivered Chanel Lewis a retrial. Convicting him for a murder and sexual abuse of Vitriano's 2016 death. A previous trial ended in a hung jury in November. The second jury deliberated for for five hours, staying into the night and deliberated. And obviously he was convicted. Just never ends, guys. Never ends. It should, and that's the thing. When you hear stories and you talk about things that happen in the world and and it, it, you try to get away from all these crazy things when you, you watch sports. That's what you do. Why do people watch sports? Why do people follow sports teams? They get away from all the craziness craziness that goes on in the world. Nobody gives a crap of what's going on with 
uh, Jersey Shore. And I'm sorry. All I have to do is look at Paulie D and Vinny, and they're coming out with their stupid new show, and Jay Wow, and all this crap that you see on TV. That's why I don't watch TV anymore. I don't watch this garbage anymore. You know why? Because all you see is these guys make millions and millions of dollars off us watching them act like idiots on TV. Look at the Kardashians. Look at those ladies. I don't want to talk about them. Look how much money they made. One of them is a billionaire. Because they did a stupid show, and she sells makeup now, and she sells it worldwide, and people buy her goddamn makeup. Who the hell cares? It's garbage. If this is the news that everybody wants to see, then why the hell are they watching it? I'm sorry. I'm more interested in seeing what's going on in sports. Because at least every day it's something new. Every day it's... Kim Kardashian and this, Kendall Jenner this, Kylie this, Chloe this. Hey, look, Chloe's dating some other guy. Who the hell cares? They post something and it spreads like a wildfire that a million guys view it and, and like it. I post something, not one person says, oh, I, I like what he has to say. You kidding me? Unbelievable. That's why when I read these stories, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Why do I give a crap? I mean, do you hear about Biden and him kissing a woman from behind and he's apologizing and he wants to run for president? Who cares? Let her kiss her ass. I don't, let him kiss her ass. I could care less. Nipsey Hussle getting killed. I mean, obviously you guys know uh, the rapper. I think he's from L.A. I don't know the whole story, but the reports are that he was wrongly killed and, and, and all this other stuff. I mean, story after story after story. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. As far as March Madness, and I, I, I do want to get into this because nobody would have expected, first of all, the Elite Eight, and I said this on Down to the Wire, the Elite Eight was fun to watch. If you guys like college basketball or if you follow college, college basketball, the best time to watch college basketball is usually March Madness in the Sweet 16 all the way down to the Final Four in the championship game. This was arguably the best Elite Eight I have seen in probably 15 years. The craziness that happened in Purdue, Purdue in Virginia. The comebacks of Auburn and, and the shots, losing their best player and doing what they did to get where they are in the Final Four. Texas Tech doing what they did, knocking out Gonzaga, the powerhouse. And then Michigan State knocking out the Duke Blue Devils, knocking out Zion, the great Zion Williamson and the R.J. Barretts and the Cam Reddishes, and yes, the Coach Cage of the world. Is this going to be a highly profile Final Four that everybody's going to want to watch? Probably not. Probably not. Is it going to break records if Auburn plays Michigan State in a championship game or Michigan plays uh, Mich uh, Virginia plays Michigan State or Virginia plays Texas Tech in a championship game? I don't think so. Zion is not in the championship game, and I know a lot of people love Zion Williamson. I being one of them, I think he's going to be a star in this league. I think it's the closest thing we've seen 
of LeBron James in a very, very long time. But I think these two games are going to be fun to watch. Virginia shouldn't be here. They shouldn't. They have no right to be here in the Final Four because if Purdue didn't do the things that they did at the end of the game and bringing it and driving it the way they did, giving Virginia every opportunity to hit the three-point shots and get back into the game, well, Purdue would be in this game, and Purdue would be playing Auburn. And it would be a lot more interesting because there will be no, there would be no more number one teams in this tournament. And it, it would be Auburn is a surprise, okay? Auburn is a surprise. Charles Charles Barkley doesn't think that they are surprised, but they are surprised. They should not be here. But it's absolutely amazing what Auburn did, absolutely. And I'll tell you this right now: they're the team that I want to see win the whole thing. I absolutely want to see it. I, I love their coach. I love their demeanor. I love that they lost their best player and they're still playing great basketball. They're hitting big game-winning shots. That's what you want to see. That's sports. You want to see something that you don't see every day. But this is going to be a fun Final Four. It, it is. It's going to be very, very interesting. But again, I'm rooting for Auburn. But I have a feeling, just a, a hunch, that Virginia's going to win the whole thing. This is Virginia's year. Every year they get knocked out in the Sweet 16, or they can't even get it past the Elite Eight. I think the furthest they've ever been was the Elite Eight at one point in the last 10 years. But they're expected. They're the best team as far as what's in this tournament. And I, I don't even think Virginia is the best defensive team in this tournament. I think it's Texas Tech. Virginia has a very good chance of going all the way. They really do. They don't have to play Duke. They don't have to play Gonzaga. They don't have to play any of those powerhouse teams that we thought that were going to drive this tournament all the way to the championship game. You look at these teams now. Michigan State, Michigan State doesn't have their best player. Winston looks good, man. He's he's the best point guard, I believe, in the country. Or one of the best. He's second best point guard in the country. Because John Morant, I think, is the best point guard in the country. Winston's a good good point guard. He, he could be an NBA point guard in this league. In the NBA in the NBA game. Because of his speed and his ability to pass the ball and be a leader. But I'm telling you right now, when you look at what's going on. In this Final Four, it's fun. It, this is fun. To watch Auburn try to knock off Virginia and Texas Tech knock off Michigan State, the two powerhouse teams that's still in this tournament, I hate to say it, it's Virginia and Michigan State. That's the two powerhouses right now in this tournament. The New York Jets introducing tomorrow... Their brand new logo and jerseys. It's going to be fun. If you guys are a Jet fan and, and, and the new and improved New York Jets with their superstar young quarterback, who I think is going to be great. This is an exciting day for the New York Jets. And, and I believe the rebirth of a new organization. Now, they still have a lot of work to do. They need to draft 
the right guy at number three. If they're going to trade down, they get two for the price of one, and they do it right. But right now, the Jets are in a good place. They brought Mosley in. They brought Le'Veon Bell in to help Sam out, his growth, who's still the youngest quarterback in the league, even with this draft class. It's going to be very fun to watch this team with a new logo, new jerseys, new coach, new defensive coordinator. Not new ownership, but that that's you can't change that. But it's going to be a fun season. I love I'll tell you this right now, if this is their jerseys and I saw a glimpse of it, the black jersey is what I want. I they got three jerseys. They got the green on white, the white on green, and then the black on green. It's it's going to be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. They look like kind of like the Eagles jersey. Just a little bit nicer. The New York Jets have to be a playoff contention team this year. With all the money they spent, they spent $122 million in the offseason. They still have money left. They're going to have money next year to spend. But this is a team that wants to be new and improved. They have the quarterback of the future. They got to build around them. They have to build around them. And I have uh, Mr. Speedy Petey. And I, I'm checking out. If you guys want to write to me, I am looking at all your different things that you're writing on all the social medias. So if you are writing, I'm checking it out. Speedy says, yeah, black alternates are always cool. So I am checking out what you guys are writing when I'm talking. So don't think that I'm not paying attention to what you guys are saying. But it's going to be fun. The New York Jets are in a situation right now where everything is gravy right now. I really do believe that. I think they have a chance with their with with this team and, and really what I believe their schedule is going to be where they're going to have a chance to win. They got to play the Browns again this year, I hear. I think they got to play Pittsburgh this year. Obviously, they got to play the Patriots twice. But I'm telling you right now, as much as the Patriots are always in it to win it every single year, they're getting older. Gronkowski is no longer with that team. And I'm so sick and tired of now that Gronkowski retired that he is, that everybody thinks that he, he doesn't want to do the OTAs and that's why he retired. No. He's in the process of going and, and fulfilling his uh, acting career and he wants to fight in the WWE. That's why he retired. He's going to make more money as a wrestler and as an actor than he would on the football field. That's why. He doesn't want to hurt himself anymore. The guy's broke. How many times has he shattered his elbow? Speedy Petey is writing to me right now. AFC North, NFC East, Jags, Raiders, and own division. So the Jets are playing the Jags. They're playing the Raiders. Listen, shout out to Jennifer Neubauer. All the guys that are reaching out and following me on all those social media markets, thank you. But the Jets are in a state of mind right now. The Giants are the team that's kind of wondering what they people are wondering what they're going to do at the draft. The draft is three weeks away. There are rumors that they might trade up to get the quarterback, the hat, the Dwayne Haskin. Kyler Murray's going number one. Maybe they trade for Rosen. But I'm hearing that 
Arizona wants a first-round draft pick for Josh Rosen. Now, I think the Giants, I heard something was coming out that the Giants offered their second-round draft pick this year's draft for Josh Rosen, and they want something better. The Arizona Cardinals want something better for Josh Rosen. I don't know if they're going to get it. It's very intriguing. It's very interesting. When you when you look at football and you look at you know where the draft is going and what some of these teams are going to have to do, are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade down? Are they going to draft this guy? The Giants' need is quarterback. Everybody knows that. They're all, everybody keeps saying their offensive line. Their offensive line is fine. They added Zietler, and this is a this is an offensive line that wasn't healthy all season long last year until really the end of the season. They added a good guard. They're getting their center back. They re-signed their center that didn't really play all season long last year. The Giants are they really need a quarterback. That's what they need. And I'm sorry, and you could say that I could say this over and over like I was blue in my face. They made a mistake drafting Saquon Barkley when they had the chance to get Sam Darnold. They set their team back, and I've said this to Mikey C and everybody. They set their team back for five to six years because of this. And no matter how good Saquon is, and he's unbelievable. You draft the quarterback. It sets your team where it needs to be set. Yes, they have Eli Manning here, and I understand Mike says you're, you're not going to add a quarterback to sit behind him when he's done all the things that he's done for the Giants. What has he done in the last six years? What has Eli Manning done for the Giants in the last six years besides go to one playoff run, which they lost against the Green Bay Packers? Oh, by the way, because Odell Beckham took him and his teammates, his offensive side of the ball teammates, to hang out with Justin Bieber on the water in Miami. Maybe that's why Odell Beckham's no longer with the New York Giants. It's a joke. Absolute joke. But you can you can argue your points all you want. You look at the situation. You look at where the Giants are. They need defense too. They absolutely need defense. They need a pass rusher. Heck, they need two pass rushers. Where do the Giants go in the draft? Do they draft the quarterback in the first round at number 17? I, they're not going to get Dwayne Haskins at number 17. I'm sorry, they're not. And I, 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 do, not, I do not believe the Jets are trading down because they have a chance to get either Nick Bosa, Quinton Williams, or Josh Allen. I, I can't see the Jets moving down or dropping down when they can get three, one out of those three players that are game-changing players. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Just as much as I don't know if I see the Giants drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds. I, I don't know. I mean, in the first round with those picks. I don't know if I see that. But where the Giants are at... and. And I think the Giants are in a good situation right now. I really do. I don't think they're winning no Super Bowl anytime soon. But they have a chance to go after the player that they want, you know, at number six. And they have a very good chance to get the other player that they want at number 17. My opinion, I trade that second-round draft pick, 
and my 17th pick and try to move up even closer. Get my get the 10th or 11th pick, move up to the 10th or 11th pick, get my pass rusher at number six. Get the guy that I covered for my defensive line at six. And then move up. If you can't get Josh Rosen, move up and get yourself Dwayne Haskins at number 10 or 11 and move up and get that pick. Solidify your quarterback position and solidify your your pass rush because you need a pass rusher. They need a quarterback. And I I know I listen to Speedy Beedy and and some of these guys. I'd rather Josh Rosen than Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray's sitting there at six, the Giants are def- they're definitely drafting him. Definitely. I don't think he's going to sit there at six because I think Kyler Murray is going you know where. He's going to Arizona. It's just funny when you when you when you talk about the Giants. The Giants are in the state the Jets were. Since Rex Ryan left. They're in a terrible place right now. The New York Giants. Because they don't have the quarterback of the future. They have a great running back. The Jets have had great running backs year in and year out every year. Every time. I don't know as good as Saquon Barkley. But now they have Le'Veon Bell. You could argue who's better. Le'Veon Bell or Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's cheaper. And younger. He's only four years the younger. The younger player. It's very interesting when you look at where the Giants are and the Jets are, and you, you call the Jets the clowns. They've been the clowns of, of football, I would say, for the last, I don't know, 10 years. Now, right now, you look at the Giants. They're the clowns. The only team that's won more games than the Giants, uh, less games than the Giants, in the last... Actually, I think the Giants in the last two seasons have lost more games than any team in football. It used to be the Browns. And I don't blame Eli Manning. It's not Eli Manning's fault. (laughs) It's so funny when you listen to Giant fans. It's Eli's fault. It's not Eli's fault. It's the whole organization. The Maras have made a Mara has made a lot of mistakes. He's made a lot of mistakes in the last couple of years with the Brown situation, the kicker, with trading away your your best pass rusher because you thought Olivia Vernon was going to be a better player. JPP should have never been traded. He had thirteen and a half sacks last year. Why the hell are you trading JPP for a fourth round draft pick? Makes no sense. The mistakes the Giants have made in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. And all the Giant fans blame Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese is the one that drafted JPP. Jerry Reese was also the one that drafted Odell Beckham. Oh, and by the way, he was also the one that drafted Landon Collins. And by the way, all those players that he drafted that are all pro ball players and borderline all pro players, they're gone. All of them, gone. And Mara, it, it's so funny when you when you listen to Mara's press conference and he talks to the press. The funniest part of when you hear Mara talk is he says, oh, 
He's like, I, I cried when Landon Collins went to Washington. You cried? You had a chance to franchise this guy for $11 million. You didn't think he was worth $11 million. Well, he got more. Washington gave him a, a huge contract, $85 million, highest paid safety in, in, full, in I think, in NFL history. It's a joke. And yes, I, I listen to Speedy. I'm watching Speedy. He also drafted Flowers and Eli Apple. Absolutely. Eli Apple is not a bust. Flowers is. Eli Apple's not a bust. He played well for the Giants in the beginning of the season. And then he was traded to uh, the Saints, and he played well with the Saints. Is he a superstar player for where he was drafted at number 10? No, he's not. And by the way, let's not get into Gettleman's drafts over the last seven years counting the Carolina Panthers. His drafts were not good either. Last year's draft was good. Let's see him do it again this year and find himself a quarterback, which he's never done. Or what he says, a quarterback. Him and his Boston accent. I'll tell you this right now. Giant fans are going to have to sit back and relax and see what they're going to do in the next two weeks. Because the talk of the town right now are the New York Jets because they got themselves their new jerseys. They have the quarterback of the future right right in their locker room, sitting and waiting for the new season to start. They needed a running back. They brought in offensive power to help Le'Veon, uh, to, to help uh, Sam Darnold play and help him grow. Le'Veon Bell, who's one of the most explosive players offensively in all of football and was arguably the best running back in a league before he sat out for a season. A motivated Le'Veon Bell that says he's going to show everybody why the Jets gave him the $50 million and the incentives that he's going to get if he, if he runs the ball well. It's not the Giants. They're not the talk of the town anymore. Because when the time comes and Tom Brady decides to take his cleats and hang them up, it's going to be Sam's division. It's going to be Josh Allen's division. No more the Patriots. And I'm hearing stories that the Patriots are also interested in Josh Rosen. And if I were the Giants, I would try to snag Josh Rosen away before the Patriots get dig their freaking teeth in and get their, their quarterback of the future. Because if he goes to the Patriots, the, the Patriots set themselves up very, very well if they add Josh Rosen. Very well. Right now, the Giants should be on the phone with the Arizona Cardinals asking, what do you want? Can I give you a second this year and a second and third next year for Josh? The Giants should be on the phone with the Arizona Cardinals. But are they? Probably not. Gettleman's all about, you know, we got to do our due diligently. I watch a lot of tape. A lot of tape. Yeah, does the tape actually show you that you were an idiot and you didn't draft Sam Donald when you had the opportunity to draft him at number two? It makes no sense. When, when you look at the Giants, and I'm not picking on the Giants, and I know a lot of people want me to... They're saying you're a Giants hater. I'm not picking on the Giants. I just think it's funny. When you hear the Giants stories and, and all these crazy things that you see. 
It just seems like the Giants are in the middle of everything. I got another uh, breaking news over here. Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly, undergoes brain surgery. Uh, A brain tumor. She had a tumor. Uh, Unfortunate. Hopefully she's okay. I want to give a shout out to... The Stafford's family, uh, his wife, Kelly, undergoed brain surgery. Uh, Kelly Stafford, the wife of Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford, announced on Wednesday that she will be going in and undergoing surgery to remove a brain tumor. That's never good. So I want to give a shout-out to uh, the Stafford family. It's not, it's not a good sign. Ah. Uh, I'm just, it's just hilarious. Here, a Lions GM, Quinn, open to trading their first round pick. Interesting. Detroit Lions general manager, Bob Quinn, admits there are players he likes early in the first round in the upcoming draft. The Lions own the number eight overall pick and could easily land a blue chip player capable of making an immediate impact. Quinn, however, is officially willing to listen to trade offers for number eight with a view to move down and gather more picks. It's the best way to build your roster the right way, Quinn said on the Rap Sheet and Friend podcast. Number eight, I think there's a number of players I like at that spot at this point. So, you know what? There are going to be a lot of teams looking to trade out of their pick because I really believe there's only, there's really only, as far as game-changing players, you got Josh Allen, Quinton Williams, and Nick Bosa. Those are the, the three. I mean, there's a lot of good players in this year's draft, but game-changing players. So you could still get good quality players later in the first round and, and collect the picks because this is a deep draft. It's a very deep draft. And I'm listening. Speedy Petey says, well, he has to draft the right, which he has never done. So he has to draft the right quarterback, which he's never done. It's it's just, I, I know Giant fans are, they like taking shots at Gettleman. What is he doing? What is he doing? Maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he doesn't. I have no idea. Anyways, I'm going to go to a quick break. When I come back, I'll finish up with the show. I will get into the NBA. Is James Harden the lone MVP of the league? When we come back, we'll get into that. We'll talk about the Knicks. And I I do have a little bit of thoughts on the Porzingis thing again. Talked about it on Down to the Wire, but I have some information and new story behind this. When we come back, we'll get into that. This is Below the Mic, and we'll be back after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are listening to Below the Mic, only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we... Are back, ladies and gentlemen. Three, four, seven, eight, five, five, seven, six, eight, four. A little gang star, baby. Come on, get it. You gotta love gang star, man. If you, if you like hip hop, you like old hip hop. Gang star, DJ Premier, 
a little uh, mixture here, and uh, I'm loving it. Loving it. Great day. I want to give a shout-out to all the fans out there that listen to all our shows throughout our network every single day, Monday through Friday, from 11 o'clock in the morning to 12 o'clock at night, from the Haystack, Chalk Talk, uh, Third and Long, Down to the Wire, The Home Stretch, Moffat on the Mic, all our shows, and Behind the Barricade on the Weekend. Great show if you guys like wrestling. And we're going to have uh, Moffat on the Mic tomorrow. They're going to have a special guest uh, if you like wrestling. I forget what podcast, but they're a very popular podcast uh, throughout the radio wave. So uh, you can check out Moffat on the Mic at 10 o'clock at night with Craig Moffat and Chris Klim. They're on their their last couple of shows. They're, they'll be leaving us. So I want to give a shout-out to Moffat, Craig Moffat, and Chris Klim for putting the time and effort into our studio and our network, and uh, uh, you will be missed. Anyways, uh, guys, you can follow us every single Thursday. At today's show, we're we're doing a Wednesday because Moffitt's going to be on the show tomorrow, so I decided to uh, put this show on for Wednesday. Uh, again, I, I apologize for starting a little bit late tonight uh, doing some work, but next week I will be on time, and I will have Manish Mehta on the show next week. We will talk about the Jets, the acquisitions of Le'Veon Bell. We will talk about the acquisitions of all their free agency, the Mosleys of the world, and, and all the uh, the money that they spend in the offseason and their new jersey. So, and his thoughts, because I know a lot of people don't like what Manish Mehta has to say. But uh, Manish has been on the show before, so I'm hoping that uh, he will be on the show next week. And he should be. So um, that will be a part of our show next week. Also... I'm going to be getting Frankie Edgar. If you guys don't know who Frankie Edgar is, uh, ex-UFC champion, uh, he will be joining us on Cage Den MMA hopefully next week. So I'm working on that as well. So stay tuned for that. As to, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar is from New Jersey, New Jersey native, MMA fighter, uh, very well respected uh, and, and very well known uh, throughout the country and throughout the world, especially uh, the MTV show that uh, he really got to, you know, got his exposure out there and and then what he did in the octagon so shout out to frankie so anyways is james harden the mvp back-to-back years and you know the only two the only player that i could think that's anywhere close to what james harden has done this year is the greek freak but check out these numbers guys just to look at these numbers this is a this this is a team that was practically playing with so many injuries in the beginning of the season James Harden has played 74 games this year, 36.4 points a game in average, six rebounds, almost seven rebounds a game, and seven assists a game. Field goal percentage, 44%. It's almost 50%. Free throws, almost 88%. Now, the Greek freak, I think he's averaging 30 points and uh, 12 rebounds and three blocks and four four assists or something like that. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But there's no question James Harden's been the best player in the NBA. No question. This year, he's been the best player. He's led his team to the playoffs. And a lot of people believe that they're going to be the team that's going to knock out the Golden State Warriors if they can stay healthy and if Chris Paul can stay healthy throughout the playoffs. They still, A lot of people believe they're going to knock off the Golden State Warriors, the high-powered Golden State Warriors. James Harden's having a fabulous season. 
I haven't, I haven't seen a season like this in a very long time. 36 points a game? Do you know how hard it is to score 36 points a game? And his field goal percentage, and I don't want to hear while well, he shoots a lot of shots. His field goal percentage is 44%. That's almost 45%. It's, it's close to 50. It's not a fabulous season. James Harden should win back-to-back uh, MVPs. The last player to do that is Steph Curry. And again, I'm going to tell you, people ask me, who would you rather, Steph Curry or James Harden? Not because I hate Steph Curry, James Harden. James Harden's done things that players haven't done in almost 20 years. I understand Steph Curry's the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen. James Harden's not that shabby. He's not. I think his three-point field goal percentage is 37%. That's not bad. It's not. It's it's interesting when you when you look at who do you want to who who wins this MVP and and I think winning the MVP in the NBA is very very important because it really shows who really is the best player of the year and 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 the best player of the year is James Harden. Listen to this story. This is a this is a really really interesting story. I think a lot of Knicks fans don't want to hear this. Boston could get Durant in a sign-and-trade with the Warriors. Multiple teams will be vying for Kevin Durant's services this summer, including the Warriors, Knicks, Clippers, and Lakers. As an unrestricted free agent, he will have his pick of the crop. Unfortunately, Boston will be unable to pursue Durant is that if they keep Kyrie Irving. There just isn't enough money to go around. But as an ex- as it explained to the Bleacher Report and Dan Favalli, a Kevin, I don't know, whoever wrote this needs to learn how to spell. Kevin Durant to the Celtics scenario is still very much possible and could be a win-win for everyone. Who says Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving player option need to join forces in New York instead of Boston? It's an interesting story. I don't know if Kyrie Irving wants to stay in Boston. I don't know if he wants to stay in Boston. And to be honest with you, a lot of people believe that he it's practically sign and deliver that he goes to the Knicks. Usually means that he's not going to the Knicks. There are stories coming out right now, a lead story that the Lakers could trade their first-round draft pick for for Hassan Whiteside from the Miami Heat. Is that a good move? Does anybody think that's a good move? Hassan Whiteside is one of the best centers in the league. This is not a center league anymore. It's not a big man league. Whiteside can't hit the three. He can't even come close to hit the three. I think I've seen him one time or twice this year hit a three-point shot. Why would they be interested in getting Hassan Whiteside? You're going to give up a first-round draft pick for Hassan Whiteside? The game is completely transitioned. There is no big big men anymore. There really isn't, unless you're athletic. Like uh, Robinson, a Mitchell Robinson that can develop a three-point shot. I don't know if you'll ever see Hassan Whiteside become a good three-point shooter. Jimmy Butler is open about nearly quitting basketball. This is an interesting story. Let me read this. Philadelphia 76er guard Jimmy Butler admitted 
he almost quit basketball entirely during his time in Marquette University as a freshman, playing under the Golden Eagles, former coach Buzz Williams. The Sixers star told Taylor Rooks in Bleacher Report about him almost quitting and going to the NBA level. I thought he was thinking about quitting after this year. It doesn't seem like it. He's getting a big contract after this year. He's an unrestricted free agent. Ah, the window of LeBron James closing past snubs loom large legacy debate. Are we kidding me? Are we kidding here? Are you kidding me? And are we kidding here? There is no debate about this guy's legacy. This guy went to, I think, eight or nine consecutive finals before not even making the playoffs this year. This is a guy that's won three championships. This is a guy that knocked off arguably one of the best winning teams in, and the best winning team in NBA history, the Golden State Warriors, the way he did down three to one. Doing it in an unremarkable fashion. Remarkable fashion. Fashion that only Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, or any of those players could probably do the way he did. Is his legacy tarnished because he went to the Lakers? No. If LeBron James never does anything again, he's still arguably a top three player in NBA history, and it doesn't hurt his legacy. Is he better than Jordan? No, he'll never be better than Jordan. Ever. I'm so sick and tired of hearing these crazy, crazy thoughts that Kevin Durant's a better player than Michael Jordan is. If Kevin Durant played with Michael Jordan at the time Michael Jordan played, he'd be a better offensive player. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just as ridiculous if and anybody compares LeBron James to Michael Jordan. You have a better comparison of LeBron James to Magic Johnson, and it's not even comparable. LeBron's that much better than Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's one of the greatest players of all time. LeBron James is one of the top three players to ever lace up the sneakers. That's a fact. He's broken almost every single number in the playoffs. By the time his career is over, he might have 90% of the numbers throughout the NBA history. He's a top three player of all time. Even if he never wins another championship or never plays in another playoff game. Just crazy stories. Absolutely crazy stories. Uh, Sam Darnold on Le'Veon Bell. What is not to love? Let me read this story. Uh, We were talking about the Jets. Sam Darnold has only seen video of Le'Veon Bell, but he is already imagining what it will be like when he plays in the backfield after he signs a contract with the Jets, the two-time Pro Bowl of four years, $52.5 million contract last month. I love it, Darnold said Wednesday at Yankee Stadium. I mean, what's not to love about it? Le'Veon Bell is a great player. He's a very in, um, very uh, quick and um, fantastic player. He's very, He's a very quarterback-friendly player which I've noticed watching his tapes a little bit. Whenever Big Ben Roethlisberger was back there, you could kind of sense that 
as a quarterback too, you sense when time is to run the ball and time is to throw the ball. You start you start looking for guys like Le'Veon is always really friendly, and he always kind of is in the right place at the right time with the unbelievable vision on the field. So, so listen, Le'Veon Bell is one of, one of the most explosive players in the league. He's been out of the league for almost a year and a half. That has to scare you for the Jets. You're going to have to get him warmed up. you got to get him synced in. It's going to be very, very interesting on where that goes. Uh, Mets in continued contracts with Dallas Keuchel. What is this story? I, I didn't hear about that. The New York Mets are in... The New York Mets are at very least still in contact for free agent Dallas Keuchel, according to Andy Martino from SNY. The Mets are in continued contact with the left-hander. Team sources continue to insist that the they're doing their due diligently, but it is clear that the Mets are at least eyeing the possibility. General Manager Brody Van Wagenen is instilling a merit-based culture with the New York Mets, and Martina feels that the team will not hesitate to dispatch a fifth starter, Jason Vargas, if they feel he is not doing his job and looking for an upgrade as possible. So the only offer Craig Kimbrell seems to have right now is one to attend the ring the red red sox ring ceremony this coming week <laughs> unbelievable absolutely unbelievable uh, well this is an interesting story marlins embarrassing home attendance hits Nanu low. Rebuilding Miami Marlins are not expected to contend this season. No duh. You traded another good player away, JT Ralmuto. I have no idea what Derek Jeter is doing. That appears to be fine with front office head Derek Jeter and company. But for fans in South Beach, there's much better things to do than watching a bad on-field Broadway product. Of Miami's first five home dates this season, four have drawn less than 8,000 people. Its game against the New York Mets on Tuesday drew only 5,934 people. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Where are the Marlins going, man? I'm serious. They trade away the MVP of last year, Christian Yelich, for nothing. They traded John Carlos Stanton the year before the MVP of the National League for nothing. They traded JT Realmuto this year for a prospect who will turn out to be nothing. And Ozuna, they traded him to the Cardinals, who he's he's a good player. What did they get? Nothing. There, uh, Speedy Petey says they're they're just watching the game until the nightclub. In the ballpark opens. Very funny, Speedy. Very funny. I'm sorry. I just I don't understand what's going on with the the Marlins and, and, and what they're trying to do. It just doesn't make any sense. The organization is bad. Derek Jeter has made that organization even worse. Ugh, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. 
Uh, Ovechkin eyeing Gretzky's all-time goal record. Interesting story. Alex Ovechkin is warming to the idea of chasing down Wayne Gretzky's NHL goal record to 894. With another 50-goal season already under his belt and an eighth Rocket Richard Trophy as the NHL's leading goal scorer within his grasp, the Washington Capitals forward has 658 goals over 14 NHL seasons, heading into the Capitals' ultimate game to the regular season against the Montreal Canadiens at Capital One Arena Thursday at 7 p.m. That leaves 237 away from breaking Gretzky's record. I have to be healthy. I have to be good in good shape, Ovechkin said. I'm going to try to do it. But... You don't know what's going to happen in the future. So there you go. Alexander Ovechkin is going to try to break Wayne Gretzky's record of 894 goals. So we'll see what happens as it progresses. Anyways, I'm reading what Speedy is writing over here. Speedy, you need to learn how to spell. Anyways, uh, that's it for our show. Uh, we will be back next week with Manish Mehta. I will have Caged MMA. I will have Frankie Edgar hopefully on the show next week. Working on some new things, so stay tuned for that. I'd like to thank all the fans for staying on and waiting for me to do the show. Been uh, running around. Uh, it's going to start slowing down for me, so I'll, I'll absolutely put more time into the show. So uh, you guys will definitely be more entertained next week. Remember the number is three four seven eight five five seven six eight four. I'm very surprised Kenny didn't call up the show, so I guess that's a good sign and a bad sign. Because I like Kenny, Kenny's funny, but uh, he's not calling up about Eli Manning. But I did talk about Eli Manning, so we can listen to the replay of the show. Shout out to Speedy Petey and all the fans that listen to the show and all the shows throughout the day. Uh, this is Errol Marks. It, it, you want to know something? I'm happy to do the show. It, it, it really brings excitement into me and. Um, I just love sports radio. I want to I want to give a shout out to all the people that put the time and effort into um, giving us the reps and and really giving us the love and and the support that they do. So I want to give a shout out to all the fans that do that as well. Uh, I'll be back next Thursday at ten thirty p.m. It's either 10 or 10.30. i got to figure it out. But I will have a special guest on the show next week. I promise you guys. Until next week, this is Errol Marks and Below the Mic saying good night. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.